Hi there. <laughs> Silently laughing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to, again, Silhouette's JV Podcast underscore. The deepest dive into Jersey Boys you have ever taken in your life. Yes. The, the show, all the productions, the different uh, Australia, Broadway, London, and even the movie, right? We especially, the especially the movie. We cut. Yes. There was a movie of this, right? Yes, 2014, 2014. by Clint Eastwood, as we've talked about many a time. And for everyone listening, you have to know this is the first time David and I are actually together in the t- one Zoom studio. One Zoom studio. Yes, in Florida, we're recording together. This exactly. is really cool. Our guest. Our is guest. The most hilarious. Who is he? Who is he? Who is he? He's Who Joey fucking Russo. Joey fuck- yeah, you're, you're a real prick, Joey. Yeah, you yeah know Joey, that? you're a real prick. <laughs> so, uh, classic, seriously. He, he's a scene stealer, and he's here. He plays the scene stealing Joe Pesci, Joey, Joey Fishes. Joey Fishes. In the Jersey Boys movie, he's got some serious comedy chops, right? Yes, which we can't wait to talk about. And Joey has also hit all of the mainstream bases in the past decade. Seriously. He's been in episodes of How I Met Your Mother, iCarly, two two shows that we talk about all the fucking time. All the time. All the time. And Parks and Rec. Holy shit. He starred in Jersey Shore Shark Attack. I don't don't like that to be the highlight. You don't like that in there? No, we'll take it out. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. (laughs) So, so Joey actually created a show called Small Shots, which he is very proud of, and we started watching it. It's free on Amazon Fucking Prime. Amazing. Hilarious. We'll get into that, too. But let's talk about his most recent stop. So we got Jersey Boys. He was in the kitchen. He was in a scene in The Irishman. Come on. He's worked with two of the biggest directors in America, Clint Eastwood and Martin Scorsese. I just watched my first Scorsese movie on Saturday night. I watched Goodfellas, the, the father of all... The Godfather of not the Godfather. The Godfather of not the Godfather yeah. Italian <laughs> mafia movies. So we consider, we, meaning David and I, yeah. consider Joey honestly a key player in modern mafia movies. And we're here to get to know him, his thoughts on comedic timing in film, because he's honestly an expert, he's proven himself, and discuss just the future of mafia movies. And You're making me blush. Movies. I'm glad. Well, you know what we'll do? We'll get, we'll take this... This soundbite of your credits, and we'll send it to you, and you can play it as like an affirmations. Yes, that's what Eric. It's wants. very nice what you guys are saying. I really oh, do appreciate that. I'm very course, grateful. Brother. It's true. Of course, brother. And, and so, without that's, further that's, ado, I'm in. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. How's everybody doing? Hey, Mike. Oh, yo. Oh. oh. Enough with the O's. Do you watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yes. Yeah. So you see, I'm wearing a Patty's Irish Pub. Shirt, but do you remember when the Italian mafia they they had that those bags of cocaine that felt that fell off a truck and they and the gang found it and so at the end of the show the everyone's going oh 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 and then the head mafia guys enough with the O's <laughs> you know Charlie's Italian Charlie Day Charlie Day yeah his yeah. name is DeGiorno DeGiorno and so he made it Day I swear to God his name is Charles DeGiorno is that true yeah oh my God. I had no idea. I had no fucking And he changed his name to Charlie Day because Giorno and Day. Just to get right into it, yeah? Um, We we and the listeners want to know, were you born in Brooklyn or were you born in Staten Island or were you born on the cusp of both? Tell us about, you know, the early years. The cusp of both. You know, (laughs) in the middle. I don't don't know how it works. I don't know. I was born in New Jersey and my whole family's from Brooklyn and uh, we used to go... Uh, to Brooklyn all the time to see my uh, family that still lives there. And then uh, 
we moved to Staten Island. They say that you like it uh, goes from Jersey. You go to normally you go from Jersey, I mean from Brooklyn to uh, Staten Island to New Jersey. That's the the route, and then to Florida, and then to Florida, and then to Arizona if you're uh, on the witness protection program. Exactly. exactly. Yes. What What is with Arizona? Everyone's moving out there. I don't know. I would never want to live out there. Me neither. I don't get it. I don't get it. Can you give us a few like? key accent differences between Jersey and Brooklyn? I guess Jersey accent, if you hear it, have you ever heard of a pencil, like a Philadelphia accent? A lot of people from Southern New Jersey, they have that like home phone, but they'll talk. I can't do it. It's a very tough accent. I cannot do it. I don't try to do it. It's like, Hey, I'm coming over there. I'll be there. Oh, I'm coming over there. Tony, I'm coming over there. Are you like my veto? That's, I guess, a Philadelphia. And I think a true New Jersey accent is similar to that. It's very, there's a lot of, there's twangy words. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I have a New Jersey accent. Maybe I do. I don't know. I heard I have more of a Brooklyn accent just because that's what I was raised around my whole life. I mean, my family has literally never been anywhere else. So that's what I get. But, uh, you're, you're absolutely Brooklyn accent, for sure. But I am I? I don't know. I mean, I think I, I sound like that. I don't know. So here's I wish I had no accent. I swear to God, I wish I could just turn it off. I always say, if I could wear, like, you know, these big headphones all day, this is what I would do. I would have, I would have Joey Russo and Catherine Narducci in one ear, just all day. Whenever I listen to you guys speak, I want to hang on every single word. When Catherine and I get together, it's it's a scene, you know? I mean, we don't get together much, but she's a friend. Uh, she's actually now on The Godfather of Harlem. I think she's on her second season of it. Oh, nice. She's great. She's uh, and a great artist, too. Her paintings are fantastic. Uh, but wow. she and I, she's very like, can I get a drink over here? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. The Don of New Jersey. And she's like, and someone had to donate the kneecaps for those tickets. Like that. I, she, I, incredible. And you both, you both have it. How did you meet her? On Jersey Boys. I've always been a huge fan of oh, hers. That's, that's how you met. And when I saw, I, yeah. and I started on Bronx Tale and I remember seeing her on Bronx Tale and I used to be like, man, that is so spot on her playing uh, the wife of De Niro. And uh, I'm not going to lie. I think when I was a kid, I used to have a, like a tiny crush on her. And uh, I remember I got the set of Jersey Boys. Chosen well. And I see her on set. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm, I'm a huge fanny. And her and I hit it off. Aww. Really good woman. Really talented. Really talented woman. And... Um, that was it. I uh, linked up a couple times with her, the other actor, Chris Tardio. He's uh, he was on Sopranos. The, um, that speech, those speech patterns, those cadences. So you and Catherine Narducci in one ear, and then Gia does the be- Gia does the best Michelle Tanner from Full House you've ever heard in your fucking life, man. And you don't and you don't have an aneurysm getting those two. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine Narducci and me in one ear and Gia doing Michelle Tanner from Full House in the other ear. I would have a brain aneurysm. How did you get into acting and comedy? I was in college 
And I was playing baseball for my college at Hofstra University in Long Island. And uh, I was taking these business, I I'm, uh, was a double major, business management, business marketing, and I had a minor in psychology. And, I, and I'm in these business classes and I'm like, I don't, A, I don't know what is even going on. I'm cheating on every test. And B, uh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> And people were all talking about what do they want to do. My sister, uh, maybe like five years prior, uh, she's an actor as well, but she she doesn't do it anymore. But she was studying at Lee Strasberg in New York. And I went to see a couple of her. She always was in plays. And it was something like deep within me. I was always like excited about. But I never studied, never. I did one play, The Little Luncheon at a Horror, when I was in seventh grade. I mean, it was... Nice. And I was so nervous, I knew that this could not be for me. Like, they, like I feel like if you're an actor on stage, it's like, no, I don't get nervous at all. Like, no, I was shitting triangles. I was nervous. <laughs> and uh, I never even thought about it again. And then when I went to college, uh, I decided not to continue baseball after my second year. I mean, uh, I knew that, I wasn't going anywhere. Uh, I had scouts tell me, yeah, you know, you're about two inches too short and two seconds too slow. That was their line that they said that the, you could only go as so far. So I, I left playing baseball and then it was like, when I told my father that I stopped playing baseball, it was if I just told him I signed up to go to Afghanistan and fight in the war. That was the reaction was not well accepted. And he was like, well, you better figure out what you're going to do. Like, that was, he thought that I was going to what? Have a, a professional baseball career? I'm five foot six. I mean, uh, I mean, you have to, the average baseball player is six foot two just to start off. Really? So, yeah, nobody knows that. Isn't that funny? Everybody says, no way. So, uh, you know, I was really trying to figure out what to do. And while I was in college, this kid that I knew who was a filmmaker, he was like, hey, I think you'd be great in this movie that I'm doing for this Hoster's Filmmakers Club. And I'm like, I don't know, man. He's like, no, it's great. We're going to go out to Massachusetts. We're going to shoot for two days. Uh, we'll pay for everything, your room and board or whatever. And I said, fuck it. Why not? And the room, there was no room and board. It was literally, you're going to sleep on a couch. We're going to, where we're shooting, the location was a house. And I didn't care. I loved the camaraderie with it. I loved everybody was like in it to win it. The shoot was literally like 16-hour days. So I started taking these from my my sister's old teacher from the Lee Strasberg School. I started taking these acting classes. So I would drive to Manhattan from Long Island. I would do these private acting classes. I would drive back. I would go to class. And then I would be like three days a week. And it was, uh, it was a lot. But I really enjoyed every second of it. And, um, that's where I came up with the idea that after college, I was going to move to LA. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So after school, then you went, how, how was LA? Like the whole East coast, West coast rivalry is very real. And that's all I hear about. So many things fell into place. I had a good friend, this kid, Tommy, uh, Rosania, this kid, Tommy. And I went to high school with him. And then his older brother, Ronnie, who I never met before, was on Deal or No Deal and winded up oh. winning 160000 <laughs> Oh, 
and took his money and moved out to L.A. because a producer said that he he was great on camera. And I was, uh, by chance, I went to a party when I came home from uh, college for like a Christmas break. And when I was home for a party, I saw Tommy and he was like, you know, I've been living in L.A. with Ronnie, but I got to get my life started. I don't want to be out there. I'm going to move out and I'm going to, you could take my room. I never met Ronnie. I never met any, and he, he had a roommate. His name was Pasta. Who, <laughs> and they were like, yeah, come out. So I went out for a weekend and uh, I was like, yeah, I'm going to move. I'm going to move out there. I liked it a lot. Right. And I just went, yeah. but I didn't know anybody. I had no car. I had nothing. I don't know why it was like something pushed me like you should go. Ronnie had a job for me. He was bouncing at a, at this at this Irish bar, and he was like, "Look, I'll get you a job bouncing with me." I'm like, "Ron, I'm five foot six. Who's gonna be a bouncer? What do you?" So I go to meet the guy, the guy hiring. When I got out there, and he was like, "Oh, dude, with your accent, doesn't even matter. Yeah, I'm gonna hire you." I was just you. gonna say, you got the attitude, <laughs> exactly. man. You got you the need. bouncer. Yeah, attitude. but I don't want that. And so I winded up doing that with Ronnie for uh, like the first year. Uh, I hated it. I hated the fact that there was always problems, always. I have stories that... Ugh. L.A. to me was a weird mixing, uh, melting pot of people. Like, I'd be at this Irish pub, working the door, and half of the, the bar would be, Hey, vato loco forever. Holmes, I'm vato, vato. Like, that's that. Mixed with... What's up, dude? I was just on the catching the barrels over there at the at the North Shore of Venice Beach. Like, I'm I'm thinking to myself, like, how are you guys in the same social universe here? And so then from there, I got uh, I got into a theater company. In a theater company, this kid was like, "I'm working at this bar. It's like a hotel day bar." And that was the best because that was like the number one day bar. It was called the Hotel Roosevelt, uh, the Tropicana Pool Bar. It was like a full day club during the day. And I started as a, as like a busboy, pool boy, cabana, like, you know, changing the, but they literally said, make your money however you want. So if somebody wanted a cigarette. Yeah, I could get you a pack of cigarettes and it'd be like, how much are they? And you would say like $25 and you could get away with it. And they give you $25 and then you run across the street to the store and buy them for seven bucks. Right. Take the change, put it in your pocket, Uh give it back to them, whatever the $25 to what they gave you would be. And then they would tip you on top of that. Started making like money, like a lot of money. It was great. (laughs) Banking. And and then from there, I started bartending there. And then that was, that was how I was able to have a... A side job. It was good. You did yes, an amazing, exactly. amazing job. And what was interesting about your take is, because um, I, I, I know you, I know you haven't seen the show, is that you, your vo- Joe, Joe Pesci hates the way they portray him in the show. They, yeah. they hate that high voice. They do it. Hey, hey, Tommy. Um, but and and if, if if you listen to if you listen to Joe Pesci talk in his movies. Yeah, there are some moments where he does that little bit of a high voice, but you're, the the voice that you had in the movie as Joe Pesci was very, very close to how he sounds in real life. And I 
personally, I rather your interpretation of him. Well, that was, I thank you. Uh, that was like a big thing was because, um, you know, I have to portray him from the ages of 16 to, I think, 32, uh, mm-hmm. 16 to 22 in the course of that movie. And um, the first time we ever even get introduced to Joe Pesci was like on a grand scale. He did this movie called Family Detective in 1971, I believe. He was born in 1943. And uh, I like studied his whole life and I was trying to get Tommy. Like I wanted it to pay homage. Mm -hmm. Not homage. I don't know. I'm Page. Yeah. Well, I wanted to pay him on page. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want it to be a caricature. I wanted it to be something that just resembled him. And I felt like, um, I don't know. I don't know if this is boring to people, but I felt like. Not for you, our listeners. You know, he has, uh, there's like distinct qualities he has from movies that he has done. For instance, like, okay, okay, okay. Like that. Yeah, from, yes. exactly. And then when he had other things that he did, I always felt that he probably had those in his life before the movie and he just put that in as a character choice. So when I was doing him, I had that maybe that was something that he said because I tried getting in touch with him. Everybody, like my manager, tried getting in touch with his manager and the consensus was, I don't care, just do whatever. And it kind of was a letdown because I was like, oh man, like I really wanted, I want to nail the part for, and especially for him, you know, like he's a big hero of mine in terms of wanting me to go into acting, you know, uh, you tell your family, like, I, I want to be an actor, like uh, Brooklyn family, it's, y'all, me an actor, <laughs> come on, what are you talking about? <laughs> You know what I mean? But then you got characters like him, Ray Liotta, you know, um, those guys made it cool almost, made it acceptable in an Italian-American household to to do it. So um, I really didn't want to be a caricature. And uh, so I'm glad that it didn't come off that way. But I wanted to just, in each scene, sprinkle a little the Joe Pesci that the audience would know. To hammer in who it was and well key example is the funny how exactly that you put it's a now, funny so story yeah. behind that please, let's hear it please uh when we're doing that scene now we're like into like uh i shot for 20 days over the course of like four weeks so it'd be like two days here like a day here you know over like four weeks and this was towards the last week of shooting we were doing oh. that scene and uh the whole time that I'm looking at the script, because I rehearsed a lot with Vinny Piazza, Eric Bergen. They, like, didn't want to, like, Vinny wanted to rehearse, right? Vinny wanted to rehearse because him and I are the only two that really weren't, like, in, as far as I know that you that there were other people that weren't in the, the, the musical. But Vinny and I were really the only two that majority were not theater guys in terms of uh, doing the show on stage. So... Vinny was totally down to rehearse. Vinny was the best. In fact, I was just with him yesterday. I had a cup of coffee with him. Hey. Um, hey. <laughs> and uh, I don't even know what I was saying. The uh, we're about, Yeah, we are talking about rehearsing. So every time we would go over the scene, I'm like, Eric, man, I just feel like 
he when you say uh, uh, you're funny, when I say they got these two guys in monkey suits doing whatever songs, I think, and he goes, "Huh, you're yeah. funny." I'm like, they need to put a funny how. Exactly. And it writes itself. It was like, look, man, all I'm gonna say is that on on the day. On the day, if you decide that you want to do it, I'll play with you. I'll go along with it. I won't not say my line. And I'm like, great. So I'm sitting there all day and I'm wondering, do I fucking say it? I don't know. I'm like really good. I'm really good with Clint at this point. Uh, Mr. Eastwood, really good with him. Uh, you know, I feel like I've proven myself with him and, and he was such a pleasure to work for. And so I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to say it. I'm not even going to ask for approval. I'm just going to just say it. So we go and uh, we go to do the scene. And uh, yeah, I got these two guys doing monkey music in these songs. And he goes, you're funny. And I go, funny how? And he's like, what? No, just what? And I'm like, all right, come on. Are you going to go? And they cut. And the script. The, the <laughs> what, script. <next> <laughs> and the scripty is like, um, like, I hear her flipping through the pages. And I'm like, oh, and I'm not looking. I just have my head straight, and they're behind me, and I'm just, I'm just staring at Eric, and he's looking at me like, and I'm like, and all of a sudden I hear say, it's not, uh, Mr. Eastwood, it's not in this. We miss that wasn't in the script. He was, she was like, uh, do we keep? And he goes, you keep it because it's genius. Moving on. He loved it. That was well, a spot. Why do yeah. why do why does everyone who can do impersonate Clint, Clint, Clint? That's a perfect impersonation. <laughs> that was yes. Moving on, he was so on. He never went a day over. Apparently, he's never been over budget, or he's never gone past the start and the no. stop day. That's God bless. He him. does two, three, like two, three takes tops, and he's done. He's done. That's Call it. Call me two times. Yeah. And that 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 fact right there, I heard over and over. Like people were telling me, "Okay, like, hey, man, I worked with him before. Just make sure you know your." And I was so nervous, but I realized it's not like a thing. Like he's trying to be a hard ass. He just believes in efficiency, and he believes that if you're getting paid to do this job, which you should know your thing, and we get through it because it could be a long fucking process filming a movie, and there's no point in. So, like, when we did the bowling alley scene, for instance, that scene, Vinny and I worked on for, like, uh, probably a month before we shot it. Just him and I, on our own time. I would drive to his, because he was staying in, we shot it in L.A., and he was staying at a hotel in Burbank. I would drive to his hotel, we would rehearse for, like, two hours, and then we'd get lunch, and then I would leave. Because there needed to be a rapport. You know, these guys knew each other that well. It can't just be... Hi, how you doing? I'm Joey. I'm your scene partner for the day. You know what I mean? Bob Gaudio, last piece of the puzzle. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I remember we did that scene and uh, and thank God we rehearsed because I was just talking to Vinny about it. We literally get there and Clint's like, okay, you're going to do this. You're going to say that line here and then you're going to say the line here and then you're going to do that and you're going to grab one pin and then you say that line, you grab another pin and then you're going to finish it off there and then you're going to whatever and then that'll be the end of the scene. And I'm like, okay, anything else? <laughs> like, look, and that it, was choreographed. It, it yeah, was, oh, without a doubt. But we just yeah. went in and we did one take and it was, it was knocked it out of the park and after we were done, Clint was like, oh, that was great. 
Do you want to do a take for for uh, you want to do another take? And I said, for who? I go, do we have it? If we have it, I'm good. And he was so grateful for that. I mean, I wanted to do another take, of course, but uh, the, he was just like, I knew I could play. And that was what was so great about Clint as a director was that he could let you let you play as long as you prove that you know what you're doing and you're not wasting people's time. So you could like masturbate on camera, you know what I mean? Like just because you want to look good or do something. If you earned your right to the part, he let you go. And that was the best. It was very, very freeing, creatively freeing. Well, so let's backtrack to your audition. How did how did that go down? Honestly, I got an audition. It was for Jersey Boys, and I tried not to get too excited about it. Joey, don't come over excited. No, because if you get, I don't know, I feel like you get so excited, you wind up screwing the whole thing up. You know what I mean? Like, you tell too many people, too many, there's too much malokey on you. Too many people wishing you don't get it. And so I kind of kept it low-key. And then, uh, so I worked on it, though. I trained with the coach on it for, like, um, I, I got it, like, a week out, a week advance. And it was mainly, it was the bowling alley scene. That was the audition. Okay. Gotcha. And uh, I remember I went in, I did it. Um, nervous, nervous isn't even the thing. I couldn't even speak. I was nervous just because I felt like if there was ever a part in ever a movie that can get me started to be validated in terms of this is what I want to do, this is what I'm doing, uh, especially not only with my family but with me. Most importantly, it was this. So don't fuck it up. <laughs> and uh, I remember I did it. And they said, let's do it one more time just for fun. But that was perfect. Whatever you want to do, do. So I did it a second time. I really like let it let it go. Like, I don't know. Just like when the rant on these fuck you motherfucker. I'm trying to like. <laughs> hey, you motherfucker. You want to split with a well, see, I wanted to incorporate that was the casino, like you get that right. Kansas City oh, is that, accent. Is that a rum casino? Yeah. yeah well, oh. just the accent where he goes, "You motherfucker, you!" I swear oh, to God. You and that he's doing a Kansas City accent in that, but I needed to find moments where I could incorporate the Joe Pesci oh. that everybody knows. So I figured, for that split second, I'll use that. You motherfucker, you! I'll come over there, I'll split your fucking head, and whatever. Which was brilliant, and that's where because you have that the, the filmmaker mind, you know, more so than than the theater, and that's how a lot of us feel too. And when when you're watching movies, everyone always tries to make connections all the time, whether it's the, the Seven Degrees of Kevin Bacon or you're just comparing <laughs> you're just comparing lines. People eat that shit up, and so that was a perfect choice that you did. And I feel like if they went with an actor from the show, it would not have had you, you it wouldn't have had the scenes like. Just the acting needed to fill those scenes that you have. The actors that Thank they you. chose, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the actors that they chose for the movie, mm -hmm. I think choosing choosing Vinny for Tommy was a perfect yes. choice. I think choosing you for Joey was a perfect choice because those two characters, they you you need them to have. You need. The I think actors. they bring out the underlying darkness within the movie. That's exactly, exactly, and that's exactly what the movie is meant to do, I would think. And please, if you have more insight, let me know if I'm full of shit. Because 
the reason why I love the movie is because it pulls the curtain back and it just tells the story. Clint expands the shit out of it for a good reason. Which and, I'm really and, grateful for, yeah, because I got yes. more scenes. Yeah, well, exactly. But but even more so, just just the fact that you guys could play with the lines and and how Rick and Marshall changed it too. Yeah. And listen, the movie the movie could have been a lot darker. But mm-hmm. I think that Clint is very, I mean, he is, he's brilliant. And you don't, uh, like, you, you don't need to fix it. It works. It yeah. worked on Broadway. I, be, I think they made, right before we started shooting, they got word that the Broadway show in total grossed over a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. So clearly, it works. There's no need yeah. to, it, if, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And there was nothing really broke about it. So... If you can incorporate some of the darkest, because the story itself is fucking dark. It's a dark yeah. story. It's a guy that was a that that was had a problem gambling, got wrapped in the wrong people, fucked the wrong people, and he would have been dead if it wasn't because of their music. And he he couldn't he had to live in Vegas. He had to live with them watching over him. I mean, it was pretty dark. Yeah. But they, you know, it had to be a family movie. But it was, it was movie. still rated R, though. It was rated R. I think because of the language. The only major violence in the show, in the movie, was You're stealing the safe. That's it. The stealing the safe yeah. and the gunshot in the car. Yeah, which is in the show anyway. Which, which is, is Jeremy Luke's scene. Yeah. Exactly, and we'll get to that. Let's, we'll, let's, let's, let's do it right yeah. now. Okay, so, I, yeah. <laughs> so you've known Jeremy Luke for 10 years, and so you've been working with him for The a while. whole time in California, I knew him. I remember that, uh, so I was living with Ronnie and Pasta, and Pasta was out in California <laughs> for like 15 years prior, and he brought this kid in, Johnny. So it was Johnny, Ronnie, and Pasta and me living in a house. And Johnny <laughs> uh, was an actor who worked, and uh, he said... I started dating somebody and uh, he was like, listen, I'm going to go to this party. He's like, you want to come to the, I knew nobody. That was my only friends. He was like, I'm going to go to this party. I think you should come. There's a kid there that I think you would really get along with. His name's Jeremy. Everybody calls him Turbo. Uh, Just so you know, he's from Staten Island too. Mm -hmm. He used to date the same girl that I was dating currently at the time. And I'm Uh, still in the mentality at this point of you're from Staten Island, you meet a guy that your girlfriend used to date, you're probably going to fight. Like, I don't know. And I'm like, so is it going to be a problem? And uh, I remember he's like, no, just, he goes, no, just just come. He's a really nice kid. I get to the party and he's like, hey, how you doing? He's like, "Uh, so you're dating so-and-so, huh? And I was like, yeah, is it a fucking problem? And he was like, what? No, not at all. I'm really happy. She says that you're a really good guy. And I'm like, oh. And him and I just, from that moment, became as thick as thieves. Like, really tight. So then when I got the audition, when I got the part for Jersey Boys, uh, he was like, him and I, when I was in California, every part that I auditioned for, he aud- I went against mm-hmm. him on everything. We actually, we lived together. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, winded Ooh. up seeing him in LA and we winded up uh that's where I'm when I met him right after I met him at that par- at that party uh he was like yo what's your uh living situation I need a roommate and so we wound up living together for five years and wow. when I got that part I was all happy and he's like yeah I got the part too and I'm like Jesus Christ I can't even get a fucking <laughs> but it was oh, well, great this, this, yeah so 
Do you, so do you ever feel like you like your typecast? Do you like going through the same parts of, as Jeremy? Does it get old? I mean, look, I don't know. What am I? What what, what else would I play? I know. You know. I mean, I, right now at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, it it didn't bother me. I knew what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. Uh now, I would like to expand out of that, you know, that pinhole, but that pigeonhole, but. You know, it is what it is. I'll take a job. As long as now, it's like as if the material is good, I'll, I'll take a job. You know, I just did a movie called The Fifth Borough with uh, Lilo Brancato. Uh, it's video on demand. Uh, the director was Steve Stanulis. Um, low budget film. But I just felt like, oh, I could really get into this script and I could really expand the part. And I play Lilo's brother and I'm a big fan of Lilo Brancato. And so, who was C on uh, uh, Bronx Tale. And, uh, yeah, so now it's more about the material for me. If it's something that I really enjoy, I'll, I'll do it. I have no problem. But also, I'm not just going to do something because it's something. Like, I, I really want it to be good. Not all actors who have been in huge feature films still go to class. I've so, never not been. That's awesome. See, that's that's exactly. That's awesome. And I think that's a lot of it has to do with the fact that I don't, you know, I this isn't. I'm not like a child star. It's been doing it since I'm six years old. Like I started pretty late, so I feel like I constantly have to play catch up. You know. There's always something to be learned. Always. There's always. Always. To be learned. always. It's funny. Like uh, my girlfriend and I started like uh, doing stock options. As like a side thing, like with trading stocks, like and stuff like that. And we were talking and I was like, man, I just, I want to learn more. Like, I feel like the basics we got, but there's so many things that I don't know that I want to learn more. Like there's so many hours in the day now where I'm stuck doing nothing. Mm-hmm. I want to fill it with learning something. Yeah. I don't know, doing something. Exactly. So yeah, we don't know what we don't know. And that, that's, that's a frustrating part too. Cause like when you get on, on set and like there's some new, something new, especially for us. Cause we're, we're younger. We're, we're new. We're to, babies. Like we are, but, yeah, we're but you not. guys have it's, done a lot. It's an in between time, but, um, but it's hard, especially if you try to wear a lot of hats. And we talk about this on the show all the time. Like if you're like, you're pretty well versed, like in theater and film, but there's, but if you're not really niching down and doing one thing for years, it's really hard to establish credibility, depending on who you're working with. So I that's agree. another issue too. Um, but we, do, I do have a few specific questions again, just about your craft with with Jersey Boys. Um, this is a really very very minute question. But when, so when you so back to the motherfucker line, we're like, oh, you want the fuck you? You want to split? I'm gonna split both the. Like, did you say I'm gonna split open your head or I'm gonna split both of your heads? Because the subtitles. I'm gonna split open your that's head. That's what I thought. Thank you. The the sub the subtitles on Netflix yeah. are horrible. <laughs> all over the place on all of Netflix. Horrible. That was an improv thing. I don't know. I just said, oh, you got a you well, got like a, a split. I'm gonna split your fucking split head. Exactly. Your head. Thank you. That's what I thought. So like, if you so, but I know people like to listen to the subtitles. It's not. It's inaccurate. And and with the choreography part of that scene, so it's like who wears short shorts? Like, we wear short shorts. Hit flow. Like that's that was perfect timing. And was that so? Was the take in the movie the first take? Well, the only well, it was the only take you did. Oh uh, well, they so, did. They they did. Uh, they did a master. Yeah. And then after we. That was one take. We did right, it. Right. Yeah. So and that then was he, 
that was that. And then right. he punched in close for a, a medium uh-huh. on for me, a right. medium on uh, Vincent. And then I believe, I don't even think that there were any of us had a, a close-up there on that one. He might have had uh, a close-up. But that was that was it. It was really yeah, it. Yeah. Well, you had so you, you had two shots. Well, you had three shots because so yeah, you had the master. Then it was your medium, and then and then. But what you do in the master? Yeah, so you're, you're but moving. what you do in the master? That's it. Right. You of know, course. you right. can't do anything drastically different from that right. to the medium because it exactly. won't match up. Exactly. Right, 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 so yeah. this. So that's the one that you have to do all the choices you want to do. You have to do in the master. Mm-hmm. Right. I see. So so yeah. it matches up. It uh-huh. was one take for the master. Mm-hmm. So this is all film stuff that I know nothing about because I've never been it's on fine. set. Neither do so, I. <laughs> yes, you do. No, but this is so <laughs> the interesting. So huge. I exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So I have a question about that when you, the actual who wears short shorts. So in the way the way it's done in the show is who he wears short shorts, they wear short shorts, they wear short shorts, they wear. No, yeah, I know. So I but so how did you get that? Well, that was a choice I did in the audition. Uh But then when I went in to shoot it, they had the song playing. Mm. You know, so they just timed it up. They just timed it up. That's hysterical. And what's so funny is, so I'm a musician and a singer. So the stuff that I pick up in a movie can be very different than like something that Gio would pick up. So I picked up that, and this is not like, this is just something I noticed. Is not like a whatever. Like so, you started. You started. Oh. Off, you started off key for the for the first part. David. What? David. Yeah. I'm off key always. No, it's, it's everything. Totally, it's, I don't it's, sing. It's, it's, off key no, no, with no, 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 But it's it's not. It's not like this. Should, but w- the point is like when when. But so after the boom 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 boom, you went back into the key for the air wear short shorts. Boom boom. So it's like. The 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 melodic anchor brought you back in for that second, because they had the song playing in the background, yeah. and I was trying to catch up to it mm-hmm. because it didn't line up perfectly. Right. So I was like, "This is his song, right? Who went?" And I'm hearing the music, but I'm trying to slow it down to fit the music. Ah, okay. So it, well, now it's, we know it's, the it's not it's not the fact that you were off key that caught me that I, I I could give a shit about that like I couldn't give it like it's but like w- sounded like you cared about the key. <laughs> no, no, what I cared about what 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 was funny to me is that you 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 anchored yourself back in for that second half and I was like yeah. this like music is just like music and audio stuff is just so inter- like this is this is what I find interesting mm-hmm. you know they. Yeah, I mean, that's funny you picked up on it because that was the thing. I was like, uh, it's off, the timing. But, you know, I just, you know, try to bob and weave and figure it, it was, out myself. It was, it was like, it's, it even, it heightens it for me. That, mm-hmm. that like, it just, it, it makes it satisfying for me that, like, you know, like, he ended up back in there. Like, because like, the whole, that whole thing, boom, 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 boom. It's like the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. It's so great. Well, and, well, here's the cool part is because there's also, we need to preface this. So, so Joey never saw the stage production right. of Jersey Boys, any, any stage production. It, no, but, that was a choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is awesome. I love, I love that you didn't see it because what you did by trying to match the song in the background 
you so you were matching the slow real life '60s version, and in the stage production, Ron Melrose sped up all the songs on purpose. Everything is sped up in the yes, show. Yes, because so the show oh, of course wow. premiered in 2005, and the reason why he sped up the songs was because, in our time now, music simply is faster. So yeah, and time so is and sped up exactly. exactly. Yeah, time you, is sped you up. You go to someone on the street, right? Mm-hmm. You ask them, "Hey, sing eight bars of Sherry for me." They're going to sing you the speed from the show. They're not going to sing you, which is the actual speed of the actual song of Sherry. But in the show, it's... And in the time since it opened on Broadway till right now, he has sped it up three to five times. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. In 15 years. Well, it keeps it going because it's kind of the engine of the show, I would exactly. assume. Yes, exactly. It's a pure, exactly. well-oiled machine. And, and, the, and, be, and because the pace in the movie is slower, you matched it. And the Joe Pesci's in the stage it's production matched that. It works perfectly. It like, really does. Y- you guys had that perfect marriage. And mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. She's, yeah. she's bringing that up. and like it's, I just thought it up. That's true. Yeah. I told me you're a fucking genius. Yeah. <laughs> she's a genius. She's a genius. <laughs> And I, I have... also so the whole the yachts with the monkey songs. Did you know what that meant? Like, did you know? No, but story I. Behind it. No, I just thought it was a guy that uh, put on a monkey suit and was singing the songs. <laughs> do you, you well, want to so hear it was, what the story That's exactly is what it was. Yeah. But like, so essentially, what happens in the show? They're they're the three. They're the three. Lovers. The the variety. The variety. They're the variety tones. Whatever the fuck it is this week, you know. What the name is this week? <laughs> um, and the topics. The Romans. The topics. The Romans. The, the lovers. lovers. Yeah. <laughs> so they got this guy, Hank Majewski, handsome Hank, and he's a comedian singer. He's a comedian musician, mm-hmm. and he does comedy stuff in his shows. So, um, so he comes in. They become the four lovers because no one's hiring. Tr- no one's hiring trios anymore. Trios are out. Trios are and dead. Exact trios are dead. <laughs> so what they and and you know they they want to get they want to get you know cool moves like the color groups. Right. So so they so then they 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 they, they assemble into their in, into the concert that they're doing, and then they're facing away from the stage and they turn around and you see this guy playing handsome Hank in a monkey in a monkey mask, and they're singing I go ape. And, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone leaves. And everyone is leaving. Everyone it's hysterical. Leaves the- the, the place exactly like, yeah. even the drummer he gets up and he leaves and and he, and he's like and and he's like everybody left and, and handsome hank is like i don't think you understand the nuances of my material and tommy's like here's a nuance get, g- grab the ape suit and go <laughs> and get the fuck out of here and then handsome hank is like you want a piece of advice stick to what you know go rob a bank and he he does this thing where so the 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 ape suit is on his head goes like this and the ape suit covers his face and then he walks off and so then you see then you see bob gaudio come on stage he starts narrating mm-hmm. and then joey comes to his house and he's like the, the 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 three lovers are looking for a fourth and they're dying to meet you they just got rid of this yutz who was doing monkey songs or some shit so and that's you so but they took that yeah. scene out of the movie but, but but by you still having that line, you filled it in for everyone. Exactly. And, it's, and it's a nugget for the people who love the show. It's paying hump Because they page. still get it. Exactly. Paying major hump page. Good callback. Thank <laughs> you. We're all about the callbacks All about the show. callbacks. The deep dive. Deep and, dive. Um, no, no, so, so you, but just so you know, like, 
for the, 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 the huge Jersey Boys fanatics, like that. That was a major laugh line. You filled it in, and certain people will get it, but people who just see the movie won't get it. So there you go. I, I just assumed that there was some guy in a monkey suit that was well, trying to sing songs. You're correct. <laughs> but, but, but now you know he was a guy who was actually with the band yeah. at some Hank point. Hank Majewski, and, real guy. Yeah. Yeah, Hank, real guy. Yeah. Hank Majewski. Yeah. Handsome Hank. Handsome no, that's, Hank. that's a beautiful name. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. and you also, in the front door scene with the funny how, you had a toothpick. The toothpick. Who, what, what, what was that? Did you that? come up with that on your own? I did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a great idea. My, uh, my uncle. I just, I felt like I needed something. You do need yeah, something. It was like, and so I'm not just well, standing there. Is it, question. So this is what's cool, too, because as we all know, and I know you know this hardcore, the, show, the band would not be around if it wasn't for Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci put the band together. Yeah. So I think it's it's really cool that Clint and, and Rick and Marshall added these scenes with Joey because it showed at the end, you know, it, it wrapped everything up and it came full circle because now Tommy worked for Joe Pesci. And, and yeah. when you had the toothpick, it, did, it seemed like you were using it as like as a – a defense mechanism as you were like commentating for something or just like it's you're, you're emotional because like Tommy's coming at you and like attacking you all the time you're just like fuck this like, yeah it was like something. you know I mean I don't know I don't know I mean that's go- I, I, yes yeah. like you know like, uh, like was it a nervous like thing? when you were thinking right. yeah, yeah like yeah, a yeah. nervous type of that right. is yeah it because I was like that's a fucking genius idea and remember it's so subtle this movie is all about the subtleties and remember I discovered you Exactly. Really I remember, good. I discovered you. Right, and you had the fucking toothpick. It's like no, because also the toothpick is fucking sharp, and you can get Tommy whenever you fucking wanted to. Which so, brings us, yeah, yeah. Which brings us to the point that in the show, Tommy manhandles Joey a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like every other line's a fucking hit, or it's like putting him in a in a in a in a headlock or whatever. So, and Vincent didn't really manhandle you that much. No. He manhandles his uh, younger brother. Yeah, What's his name? Uh, he manhandles John. Yeah. He manhandles John. Yeah. 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 It's true. He did manhandle John. He took. He took a swing. He took a swing. Oh yeah, that was a funny yeah. scene. Good he great. took a swing. <laughs> Come on, little brother. Come on, little brother. Good douche. Good douche. Fascinating. So before, so like before and after, cry for me. Mm-hmm. The scene in the in the in the silhouettes club when they sing. So like, how was how was that the the dynamic between you you and Vinny directed? That was the first scene that I did on the movie. Okay, that oh. was the first nice. day. That was first day. Nice. And I was like, oh my god, that's it. It was it was something. I don't know, like hearing Eric Bergen sing live and playing live and then hearing them, <coughs> I was like, holy shit, this is for real. Like it really <clears throat> made it for real for me. Nice. More so than when I saw Clint for the first time and and uh, he was like, come here. He was like, oh, I love the audition. It was so funny. We were watching it over and over. So, but that scene when I was there that day, I was like, wow, this is going to be, this is going to be a major movie. Mm -hmm. This is a legit, these guys are like not fucking around. They're really good. Mm -hmm. He sounds great singing, you know, and playing. And it was like, but I didn't get nervous about that. It was just like, 
like really when he was doing that and then I there there was a couple shots of me like see what I mean this guy's the best right like yeah. that's pretty genuine like I was you had pretty a like on your own. yeah yeah <clears throat> I was pretty like and I'm thinking in my head as the character like I'm going to make a lot of money I'm going to make a lot of money like that's what I had my character yeah, thinking uh, because it clearly yeah. works they're all vibing together so yeah, that was a that was yeah, a great day. Well, that that's the magic of the whole story, is the first time they think together. Yeah, well, like, it, <clears> yeah it all came exactly. together. Yeah, that's the it. That's the first time we made that sound, our sound, <laughs> and and you and you were, you facilitated it, which is so cool. I love it. That was a that was a that's fun awesome. fun day. Clint's ninety, older than ninety. Still making movies. I know. God bless God, him. Seriously. God he's, bless him. Do you have any, do you have any? I didn't see that man take a seat the whole time. They ne- on his feet. Good, the whole time. Yep, a good director never sits down. Nora Ephron never did either when she was filming Julie and Julia, and she had leukemia when she was filming, and no one knew. It's the coolest thing. Imagine that. Right? Nuts. Do you have any yeah, other? Yeah, he was inspiring. Yeah. Do you, do you have any other Clint stories? No, just <clears throat> the excitement that he had that you could see in his face he wasn't letting the old man in okay like it was like you like you know he's very loyal to the people that work for him like very loyal like the guys were saying cuz he keeps the same crew for every movie mm-hmm. so guys were saying like uh this guy's given me a job for the last 25 years wow i've been able to put food on my table you know, and it's that that's a rare thing that doesn't always happen. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I guess that the, but very loving, very friendly, very open arms, very down for, he was an artist director, you know, he, he, he understands the process, because, most likely because he's an actor himself, exactly. so he understands. Pure actors are and it was a big help, yeah. especially for my first thing ever. Yeah, like on that on that scale, yeah. and it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a phenomenon within Jersey Boys itself that these these um, if you look at the the creative team, all those guys that created the show, they've all been working together project after project after project for years. Mm-hmm. You know, and they if it's not broke, don't fix yeah, it. Yeah, and they bring back the same designers. Mm-hmm. Everything comes back together, and it's always a group of people, and it's the brotherhood. And if you're not from, it's hard to get it if you're not Italian and if you're not from Brooklyn, Staten Island, or Jersey. Like, that that's what keeps people together and that's what brings people back to the show and to the movie. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But it, it just, it's a the, big family. It is. And and the way we're all talking about family, too. Because it's like, yeah, like those guys. Like, they these, get it. These are the know? guys. Like, these are the guys you want to work with for the rest of your fucking yeah, life. And yeah, and stick with. And that, that's the most important Gia, thing. Gia, it sounds like you smoke pot. I do not at all. I've tried it four times. It doesn't work. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. There we yeah. go. No, no, I, it's, well, now I'm. I'm joking. No, it, no, I'm it joking. doesn't. Because that was a very deep comment you made. Yeah, because you, That's you, what it, I do. it's impossible to have deep comments without smoking pot. He's right. Impossible. It's impossible. Not for me. It's I, I got it. I got it in my blood. Then I don't it's know. in the blood. I have a blood condition. So yeah. Maybe that's why. <laughs> I don't know. 
Well, thank you no, for it's good. That it's really I have nice. a pot brain. I, I yeah. appreciate No, I'm just saying you are connecting dots, though. It's pretty interesting. Because yeah. things that I haven't She's never thought so about. She's so good at that. That's my job. She's so good at that. She, she, did the, she did the same thing when we talked to Ron about all the stuff that he was doing and all and yes. everything mm-hmm. oh, go ahead. everything behind all the ideas i mean i i i i i know what he was doing musically but she knows what he was doing she knows the reason behind like the Immediate, emotional like, reason behind the music and she was bringing this stuff up and he was like well that's not conscious like it's not it's like sometimes the, it's not consciously exactly what we were doing but yes like, but like, you're guess, right. right yeah i get it <laughs> Well, even with you with the toothpick, it's like, did you know you were symbolizing the fact that Tommy DeVito was coming at you forever, and you're like, oh, uh, the toothpick though was that was pretty spot on because it was like an, <laughs> a, was, yeah. like a, I needed something else to where to right. put my, but you knew, you know, it. energy into exactly genius, genius. <laughs> no, but it's just so cool because like I feel like everyone has those movies that they they loved growing up but didn't exactly know why, and. You know, and, and the older you get, you put the pieces together. And I feel like Jersey Boy is, is that yeah. movie for a lot of young people. Yeah, well, I'm happy to be a part of it. Yeah, well, good. Yay. Well, okay, but, you, but you're also super proud of your show called Small Shots. Small Shots, it's yeah. Got, okay, so we, we started watching it. Yeah. It's fucking unbelievably Hysterical. funny. Please tell us about your show. Uh, I, I know that when I was living with Jeremy... Um, Turbo. Turbo. <laughs> we we started filming each other just on a cell phone camera, us going around Hollywood because we were like fish out of water. We didn't fit in there, you know. Everybody was like like going to a party, and uh, we never had the right address or <laughs> like the car was really the shittiest car in there. A very superficial town. And we didn't have anything to back our soup. Like, uh, we had a shitty car. We got lost. We didn't really know the person at the party. Uh, and so we started filming, like, real life, us going through in Hollywood. Like, finding an audition, calling the agent, uh, filming on the camera. Like, uh, you got to get me in for this part. And then also, when I got the part, you know, like... Uh, Holy shit, like this. And so that, we were putting it all on the internet. And these two guys found us, Justin Sheck and Alev Iden. And they were like, look, we're from New York. We love you guys. We're going to, we want to write something for you. So they winded up writing six episodes called Turbo and Joey. And uh, we winded up getting a deal with... um, Fox Digital, Amazing. who winded up taking that deal and... No, we wind up getting a deal with uh, Fox Digital. They loved it. And they're like, here's the thing. Alev wrote, Justin wrote, but Justin really directed and edited. And so they're like, we're going to give you a budget and a deadline and do whatever the, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So they had to submit uh, eight new episodes to them. And once approved, they got the money, like submit writing. They got the money. And then from there, uh, we went and we shot the this eight episodes of Turbo and Joey. Uh, uh, we shot and then when it went to Fox Digital, they said we're going to change the name to Small Shots. Mm-hmm. And they sold it to Netflix. 
and it was on Netflix for a year. It was a one-year contract. Okay. And then uh, Netflix then sold it to Amazon Prime, and that's where it lives now. Everyone, please go watch please it. Please go it's, watch it. It's free it. on Prime. Like you have, it's well. That that's amazing. Congratulations, because when you're Thank in you, LA, yeah. like that that is the dream to have someone call you like, "Hey, we want to write for you," and you did it. Yeah. And it, and you sold it. Well, because we saw their material was fantastic. Right. But you did. Very smart, very well written stuff, so. Yes. And and I know, like, Amazon Prime shows, like, that aren't, like, things that aren't that, that aren't the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel or, like, the, the crazy, like, high budget, like, high, like, marketed like stuff. Like the man on the high tower. High castle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but, well, because I know that there could be a negative stigma, which is stupid, to a lot of the the, the the series and the movies that are on Amazon Prime, and your movie, like, is well, first of all, no. If you see a cool movie that you think could be interesting on Amazon Prime, watch it. it. It's it's there for a reason too, even though it wasn't heavily marketed. And your show needs a fuck ton more exposure because it is so good. Yeah, and, that was the big thing yes. is that we don't understand why. It, everybody loves it. I love it. I love it. Love yes. it. Love I doing mean, it. It there, was great. There was a college class that was dissecting it. Yeah, there was. I remember when I went to L.A. and there was a, we I went to a party. After I moved back to New York, I was in L.A. and I went to a party and there was some kid there that was like, holy shit, you and your guy, your Turbo and Joey and my college class did a whole fucking semester on YouTube. How you created this show out of nothing and then it winded up on Netflix and then on like it was pretty fucking crazy. It was wild. And, um, well, congratulations. Like that's, that's thank the goal, you. right? Is, yeah, that was, yeah. yeah. Is the history of the show, everything that you just explained to us, is that public information? Mm, like what, as far as what? No, because you said, you said that the way, the way that class dissected it, that. This, oh, I don't know. That was just a conversation. I have no idea. Oh. This kid came up to us randomly. Yeah. And you'll you'll get what small shots means in the first scene. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Guys. <laughs> Two guys trying to be big shots, but we're small shots. Small shots. Yeah. Well, because of well, going back again full circle to the top of the episode with with your height, your five six, and yeah, man. Can, can you tell everyone just what the first scene is with you? Because it's it's perfect. Uh the character Joey is trying to find uh, a girl. He really is. I think deep inside he's lonely and he's trying to find a girl. And the problem is, is that on these apps, like, and he's on Tinder and on these apps like Tinder, they just want to know, like, what's your height? What's your job occupation? How much money you have? Like, they, they don't know you as a person. And so the first thing she's, the, the girl says is, how tall are you? And he's like, fuck, like, I can't get away from this. Like, there's no picture of me. Why would you even ask that question? But, uh... So the whole through line is based off of Tinder trying to get trying to get a date on Tinder, and then he finally does, and he screws it up because he's a little off his mind. <laughs> I love that. I and Jeremy, at the same time, coincidentally, Turbo gets a date, but he does it like with like the right way. Like he sees a girl and he says, "Hey, you want to go get a you want to go get a bite to eat? I'll pick you up at eight mm-hmm. and all that. Wait till you get to that. I don't know if you did, but that's Not great yet. Not fucking yet. scene. Oh. So I go on my date, he goes on his date, my date was through Tinder, his date was through actually going up and asking a girl out, right. and uh, let's just say his goes much better than mine did. 
Well, I can't wait to finish it. And it's, I can't wait it's for you guys to finish good. it. It's too good. Now, we have to talk about your two shows that you had an episode in that David and I adore and we hold very dear to our hearts yeah. as well, just with Jersey Boys. So, could you please tell us about your experience on iCarly? You were in an episode called I Love You in season four, I believe, and you played Chaz, who was... One of Sam's cousins who was in, who jail. Was in jail. Classic, of course. If you don't know why Carly, basically the character I mean, Sam is basically the best. Italian. She is. Uh, Jay know. Lynch is her mom. Yeah. None of it makes sense. It's... <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's brilliant and hilarious. And Sam is the the problem friend. Yeah. And uh, and you're the cousin. So how did you get that job? Did you like being on set? Working with uh, that, uh, that was, um, that was an, just an audition. I went in, uh, I don't even believe there was a callback for that. I went in and that was, uh, yeah, I went in, that was in. They, I got, I got, I got hired on that. And, um, the set for that, that was funny because they're young right. yeah. and they make a lot of money like in real life. Yep. And it was like, it was strange because they're really good, but they're not young, but they're young. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I yes. mean? <laughs> like I'm talking to a 13, 14 year old, but you don't sound like a 14 year old. You're talking to me like you're a 30 year old. You know what I mean? It, it was crazy. But I guess that goes to show you like the all different, there's all types. Oh yeah. That was fun though. The guy that I worked with on that, that played, I guess, my father or whoever that was in jail with me, he was, um, he was great. He was great. And him and I were both thinking the same thing. Like, wow, this is like, these kids are adults, but they're not adults. But they're adults. But they're not. But they're not not adults. (laughs) We can go, we can, we can just go, oh, no, I'm not. It's a bounce. It's a back and forth. That's so fun. So, what, um, where did where was it? I'm sure it was in Burbank. I'm just curious with Nickelodeon. No, that's in uh, at the the that was at the Nickelodeon Studios right in Hollywood. In Hollywood, okay, uh, nice. Oh. I actually walked to set. It was right by where my house was. No way. That was cool. Yeah, no I was like, this is convenient. Yeah, it's convenient. So yeah, I just walked to set. It was just right on uh, Sunset Boulevard. Nickelodeon um, Studios is on Sunset Boulevard. They have a studio. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I haven't been there in years, so I don't know if it's still there. I think it is. Mm-hmm. But it was it was it's where they film a lot of their shows too. Yeah. Really neat. Like they had a green room that had all games in it. Really interesting seeing the different the different things that they had there. Yeah, I we, we, we talk about the evolution of Disney Channel and Nickelodeon TV shows and I, I don't know how I don't know how Gia feels exactly because we haven't we haven't always talked about specifics, but I feel like iCarly was the like like the last one of, of the gold. I mean, yeah. everyone Nathan Cress who played um, Freddie, Freddie, uh, obviously Miranda Cosgrove who played Carly, Jeanette and McCurdy. Jeanette McCurdy who played Sam. I mean, they were they were really good. Yes, they were really the best. really good and actors. The thing is, is that that only works if your actors are good, yeah. and right. they're really good. Mm-hmm. They knew who their show was catering to, and they got the tone, and that's the most important thing. Yeah, and Jerry, Jerry Trainer, Trainer, too. Trainer exactly. Yeah. Because Jerry Trainer was the Jim Carrey of children's television. I always thought that. I remember seeing the show and being like, "Wow, this guy's like, real like a genius." He had it. Oh my God, Spencer Shit. Yeah, big genius. I feel like we're doing Jesus with Kanye. Um, 
Oh, no, and even Emma Stone said this when she was on Jimmy Fallon. Like, iCarly is seriously, like, the greatest TV show of all time. And it's up there. Like, I, I, I quote it all the time still. I always quote the pie episode. Have you seen the pie episode? So you have to realize, I don't watch that show. <laughs> no, I know, I know. But if you were to, you would, you would love the iPie. It's, it's the Galini's pie, the coconut cream pie. And he's 90, and he got the Italian guy. He's like, oh, Spencer, what can I, I get? Spencer, what can I and it's, it's, just, it's very funny. And he dies, right? Um. The, yeah. The guy. Yeah. The owner dies, and and they're trying to get the recipe and whatever. Right. So, right. 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 Oh no! I don't know. I loved it. Oh, and it was I the whole it. funeral. And, the funeral. Yeah. And he left the recipe literally in his computer. In, it's, it's it's not relevant, yeah. but it's it's very funny. <laughs> and if you watch, like, have, did you watch your episode when it premiered on TV? Uh no. No. Okay. You're just like eh. Not and not no not like that no. not like, not for that reason just. Uh, a lot of times I didn't know when it was going to premiere. And then also I felt like um, I feel weird watching myself sometimes, mm-hmm. depending on the thing. I just knew that it was uh, not a huge part. I'd always tell my family uh, back home when in New, in New York when they did. So, like, they would watch it. But, you know, it's difficult because, like I said, I didn't come from being an actor as a kid. So, like, my father... For instance, watched How I Met Your Mother, mm-hmm. right? They uh, they saw that episode, and my father was like, "All right, John, you know, like one line in the thing. What are you talking about?" Aww, that's so like funny. they don't understand that probably like a hundred and fifty people went out for that one line. Right, you know what I mean? Exactly. But uh, so I kind of just you know, if people catch it, they catch it. That's just cool. But uh, oh, that way it was fun. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm I'm very grateful for you guys. So thank you. No problem. Well, so let's to be a little specific about it. So you played Davy in the Baby Talk episode. Yeah, what season was the, that? That's that was season six. Six episode. Season 14? six episode. I want to say three. Oh, three. Yeah, three it was five. early in the epi- It was early in the okay. in the season. It was it was the whole thing that Robin had a coworker doing the news with her. Mm-hmm. She would like talk like a baby, and Barney was gonna like go to bed with her and shit, and like he like couldn't do it. Like ch- the whole challenge accepted kind of thing, mm-hmm. and then like so they were at they were at McLaren's and. You were so, you were at the bar. Yeah, you were at the bar. How cool was it being on set at the bar? I gotta tell you that I don't look. I don't. I, I don't. I mean, that was just my job, you know. Yeah. Like I wasn't that job in particular was uh, a little nuts because I had flown to New York to go home, and I remember I auditioned for that, and I waited like two weeks, and it was to the. I called my manager or agent, and I was like, "Hey, what do you do? You think I could go to New York and and see my family for this thing?" And they were like, uh, "Yeah, you haven't." heard any haven't heard anything from that audition it's it's probably done or whatever uh because those things move fast like you audition on monday and by thursday you're already got the word that you know you're on for the following monday to start mm-hmm. like they're they do an episode a week you know right, of course. Gotcha. so uh i remember i flew home and i got a phone call from uh my agent that was like, hey, remember that audition you did for what? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, you actually got the part and they want to start filming in like two days. Uh-huh. No, they want to start filming tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm in. Literally landed at JFK uh-huh. 
and just went, got a ticket, and went right back to L.A. <laughs> yep. I I don't even think that I slept. It was I when I landed, I then jumped on a red eye and went back to L.A. So Maybe. I was all like, ta- yeah, I was. Yep. Kids. Your friend Joey at the bar had to fly from JFK to yeah. LA. Like that that that's a that's a how I met your mother's story in itself with your story. I love exactly. that. Exactly. No, and, yeah. Oh my god, in like the first that season That would happen in the show. In the first season, like they 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 flew they flew to they flew to Philly, right? Yep. Bar- Barney and Ted flew to Philly. <laughs> and they like they, and Waiting then they, they, yeah, they got on a plane, they flew to Philly and they flew right back. Yep. And, and that's to, what it was. I literally landed. It was to the point where my father was like, well, I want to see you. So he came to the airport and we had, uh, we had food at the airport. Aww. When you could do and that. And then I, back in the day. and then I went and I went back to LA. I, that's but you know, he understood there was no arguing that like yeah. you, you needed to go. Like I wasn't going to turn it down. Of course. Oh, but you did it. That's and, so cool. and, and it, that, that, it was, it was a, it, it was a great, it was a great scene, man. It was, it was. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah. Yeah. And like uh, your Ed Hardy Guido shirt, and I'm like, that's Joey. <laughs> <laughs> there was no way you're getting a date wearing that thing. <laughs> you see, you remember, like, like you actually. Remember well, of course, because I'm downplaying it like these things, but it's not because I didn't mm-hmm. uh, understand the value of them. I mean, there were great moments of there were one the wonderful moments of what I'm been on the journey doing right. well not to end our show on a sour note but you know we have all these great wonderful moments but we also have our we gripes our gripes with life that are very fun to talk about yeah. we check out check out he, he joey does this three part about his gripe three part videos about his gripes on his instagram check it out they are hysterical and we're gonna get into some of them right now Oh, and we we just watched your voicemails video. One of our shared gripes is the 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 fucking lo the, the fucking likes on the messages, and yeah, that. I don't, I'm not uh, a fan of that. Um, it's this new age now with the <laughs> technology. It's eliminating. If I had a conversation with someone, I said, "Are we locked in for?" Uh, a rehearsal on Thursday for a scene and all I got was a thumbs up. I My fucking gripe is that thumbs up doesn't confirm us meeting. It just means you liked what I said, I guess. I don't know. But why not just write, yeah. Right. I mean, sounds good. Okay. I mean, it, these are simple things, but just to put a thumb, I it doesn't... First of all, I don't even know how to do that. If I wanted to, I don't even know how to use my phone in that way. Uh, but yeah, that's a that that's a it's a pretty big gripe for me because, like, happy birthday, <laughs> HBD. That's what people are doing now. You can't tell me happy birthday. No, I, don't say it. Don't even tell me happy birthday. If you're gonna write HBD, I don't want your happy birthday. It's not right. It's not right. It's it's a piece of shit, lazy thing to do. And honestly, okay. So if you do go on your phone and you do the thumbs up, I have to. You, you it's a tap back. So on your phone, you just hold that message and you would click either a thumbs up, thumbs down, 
fucking passive aggressive as shit. Yeah. Then you have a heart. Yeah. You have exclamation points like ah. And then you have um, a question mark. The question mark. Stupid. But yeah. anyway, so it takes more energy to do the thumbs up than to write okay or yes exclamation point yes smiley face. It, it, it takes two seconds to reply to a text. No more than thirty, even if you really have to think about your reply. It's it's ridiculous. Except and, yeah. I, I except for me, I give people I'm sure major anxiety. Give, I know. Don't I give, give Davide your number. I give. <laughs> I give Gia major anxiety. Yeah. Sometimes I sometimes I take like really long to compose a five word message, and she's like, David, is everything okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, no, everything's fine." Well, no. And was it just the dots that? No, that, like, that, 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 that doesn't give me anxiety. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, like he's very loving and it's it's wonderful and he tries to be a really good friend in person. So and I love that he does this. I would rather somebody do this than not do this. Um, but he does a heart reply to every single message you send or or the exclamation point. And it's so sweet and I love it. But you get it, it acts the same as a regular text alert. So I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, my phone's blowing up. It's like 10 messages. <laughs> but then it gets into if you're what kind of texter you are. So I like to send one text. Like if I have to send a long text, I'd rather do that with like yeah. entering and have things than send someone ten messages at it. Like, and I, I, boom, I got boom, that. Boom, from, boom. I got that from her. Yeah. yeah. So well, I, I, I would just call. I would or just call. call. <laughs> that too. Well, yeah. So with the happy birthday, no one fucking calls for happy birthday anymore. It's just a Facebook thing or a a text. Um, but it's okay, not question. right. It's not right. Do you like? So how do you how do you reply to your birthdays? Do you say like, do you like it or do you love it? Do you well, love some of them I, and then make people feel insecure about themselves? No, I I well, I remember on um, Facebook because it would give a notification that it's your birthday, mm-hmm. and I would get all these messages. And honestly, I wrote back to everyone yeah. like thanks a lot, been a long time, whatever. And it got to the point where. I was like, I can't do it. This is like a fucking day and a half of this. <laughs> of town. But I would still do that than putting a video to covering the whole thing. Like, hey, guys, thank you so much for... Like, take it easy with that. Like, I just I just write a message. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But the good thing about Instagram is that it doesn't let you know that it's your birthday unless you address it. So... Right. Yeah. So I, I would... if. Even that, uh, I try to, if someone leaves a comment on one of the videos, I try to, but, you know, a lot of the fucking comments are passive aggressive too. And I'm like, and I, and all I do is just, I, I like your comment. I give you a heart. I like your comment. That's it. I don't even want to get into it. I acknowledge you. I don't want to get into it with you. Exactly. (laughs) Well, November 3rd, Joey Russo's birthday. Hey. I'll take it out. No, I'm joking. (laughs) No, no, you can keep it. Are you kidding me? Bombard I'll, Joey with I'll love. I'll tell you, I don't. One Just of, kidding. One of my biggest gripes, I hate LOL. I hate it. You hate LMAO. Well, it's gotten blown out of proportion. And LMAO. Yeah, uh, right. uh, okay, so I, the only person whom I think uses LOL correctly is Gia. Thank you. I, I, I never, because LOL, like, all of my friends, they always use LOL and LMAO as some kind of crutch. Mm-hmm. I hate LMAO. Don't ever send me that. Okay, I you, love LMAO. You send me LMAO. I'm, I, 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 and, and she is so sensitive. I think LMAO should be used if you really 
have said something that yes. that warrants it. I, I agree. It shouldn't be used all the time. I it's agree. like right. a standing ovation. Exactly. Only if it's not offensive if I don't stand up. Mm-hmm. It's you you really need to warrant it. Mm-hmm. It needs to be a performance that's worthy of a standing ovation. Yeah. But if you don't stand up, it's like, this guy didn't stand up. <laughs> it's like, no, I really enjoyed the show. I thought it was great. Yeah, but you didn't stand up. You know, exactly. everybody stood up. You didn't stand up. I know you didn't enjoy it. That, right. LMAO, I, would, I don't use it mm-hmm. because I, that's not a thing I use. But it has, been, it has been probably more than a year since I've used an LOL. I think like I I think people people use like my friends they do, they 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 use it as a crutch. They use it as it's it can be so passive aggressive. Like my mom, she sent me a text today with an L- my mom never uses LOL either. So like when she uses it, it's always like a dagger in me. <laughs> because so like I so when I got to Gia's house today, I was like I'm he- like I just got to Boca, I just got to Gia's house, but I was my, my phone was still connected to my car. So when you send me a text and it's connected to the Bluetooth, It'll read it, out your it, message. It, it, well, so it, it'll it'll automatically reply with, hi, I'm driving. I'll text you when I'm done. Mm-hmm. So my mom was like, oh, the message says that you're still <laughs> driving, LOL. And I'm like, uh, I was, I felt so attacked by that. I, I, I understand why you do. But I feel like she was actually thinking like, oh, like, haha, like that's that's no. Funny. But so you see, that's not my mom. No, it's not your mom. That's mom's not okay. my mom. Okay, no. no. So well, that was she was. My mom to chooses like... when she uses LOL. <laughs> my mom chooses when she uses it. And rightfully so, that is her choice. Right. Yeah, it is. Yes. It is her People choice. People are very of particular. And with even who they say. But you're right. It is passive aggressive. Yeah. yeah it's very. a huge like. I, 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 you can't have a standalone LOL in a, in a text. That's That ridiculous. I hate. Oh, my God. Like, if it's just LOL. Yeah, that, that's stupid. If it's just, just don't reply. I'd rather just don't reply. Yeah, yeah. LOL. But whenever she sends an LMAO to me, she's like, oh, my God, I didn't mean LMAO. I'm like, it's okay. Like, <laughs> I never – I know – so, but so I, instead, I just do – like, if it's really funny, like, to me, LMAO – is, is like equal to three laugh emojis. Ha ha ha. Yeah, my go-to like that. Good to know. That's <laughs> thank you. Um, I, that that's an equal, like a very equidistant thing. I would agree. Um, good. I'm glad. I and, would uh, agree. No, but I, you have to be sensitive to people's like love language and texting language is the same thing. But I I do have a confession, and I think Joey will hate me for this. I I have in the past because I have a lot of Facebook friends. I have like, too many Facebook friends, <laughs> and. Sometimes, if I really have no clue, I don't know you from Adam. I don't know how the fuck we're Facebook friends. Like, I, I would wish them a happy birthday, and then I would unfriend them. <laughs> 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 so at least I, I'm saying happy birthday, and then I say goodbye. But you don't but, know me. <laughs> or they're like, who the fuck is this? And then they'll look, and like we're not friends anymore. And they're like, how the fuck did this happen? Like, who is she? Like, how does she, she We're not even friends. How does she, she I like it to was, fuck with you. It was so funny. Catherine Narducci, she commented on your happy birthday thing. She was like, OMG, I say happy B-Day. I saw that she commented. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it is funny. And oh my God. Okay, so you're friends with Sebastian Maniscalco, our yeah. other hero. Our other hero. We- how did you meet him? He used to work at the Four Seasons as a waiter, yeah. and uh, which he talks about in uh, Vince Vaughn's Wild West Comedy mm-hmm. Tour. And I had a friend that was a waiter at Four Seasons, and 
they knew I was a fan of his and I went to his show for my birthday Aww. and they set it up that I could meet him afterwards. And then loosely, mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't know, like whatever. And then I, and then I would have some videos and then he would comment on them and then I would comment on his. And then I guess it's like not friends. Like I would expect them to show up to my birthday, but then he, did the Irishman and I saw him at the premiere party and then, you know, yeah. like we kept bumping into each other. So nice. that's beautiful. You know, I mean, he, we always, we try to say this once per episode, you know, Italians and Jews, same very similar. They say same corporation, different division, division. We, we, oh, it's like, you know, the, the same babe. corporation, different division. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> there you go. He, he's, the baby. The baby. And <laughs> so, yeah, I'm the do, vegetable. Doing the special, you know. Yeah. And, and doing the special. And, you know, we're, we're, we see we're booking this space for the special. And I tell my dad, you know, we're doing the special. And he doesn't say, I'm proud of you, son. Good job. He says, where are these people going to park? It's funny. Where are they going to park? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. There's no park in here. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> he has that kid. That thing's... There's no park in here. Where are these people going to park? So, so you, you both do him differently. So, yeah. so David, like, he, he mine's like, hiding. heightens it. Yeah, mine's heightened. Yeah, you, you do like, him more, reali- more realistically. <laughs> I got to tell you, everything he says are things that, like, are so true. Yes. So true. Mm-hmm. Things that I've thought about. So true. Him sure, and Joey yeah. Russo are the king of gripes. <laughs> I got true. a lot of gripes, man. I do. Uh, I mean, every, I, there, there, there's so many. I don't even know. Well, I don't even know what I was saying on the internet, the, the gripes I had. Well, but even at the gym, I have gripes. I got gripes now. I have the most gripes. I go to the gym to work out. And they allow you to work out, but you have to uh, wipe down your equipment before. You have to wipe it down after. Like, they're really strict on you wiping it down. And I got to tell you, I spend the whole time just watching. (laughs) And I see these people, and I'm like, this fucking guy hasn't wiped down one thing. And I'll I'll ruin my whole workout Mm -hmm. until I go. And I go, (laughs) I, I was telling Vinny this. He was laughing yesterday. I said... Uh, you didn't fucking wipe down one thing. And the guy, I go, my mother works out here. You understand what I'm saying? I wipe this shit down for your mother. You understand what I'm saying? I wear this mask for your fucking mother. Don't you get it? And they, and they don't, they don't get it. Nobody gets it. I tell my father this, he goes, Joe, do me a favor. Just you do your thing. Wipe it down for you. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Because I really get, I get upset. It really gets me I, really pissed off because it's like, it. why do you think that you don't have to do that? Mm-hmm. Like I'm wiping things. Down. I wipe it down so much that I make sure I leave suds on the machine so that somebody walking by is like, oh, it's wiped down, mm-hmm. you know, right. or the guy that's spraying the whole fucking gym could say, oh, good, thank you. This person wiped it all, wiped it, wiped it down. So he's a down. stand-up guy. He's there a stand-up you go. guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's a good guy. Yeah. He's an ace in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a great place to stop. Yes. I think this, uh, thank you so much, Joey. This has been. Well, it's been a blast. It really has. It's been easy talking. Thank you. We try to make it so comfortable. You guys are great. Thank you. You're great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joey Russo, for coming on. Um, Follow him. Yeah, follow him on Instagram. Follow him on Instagram. 
blast blast those notifications on his page. <laughs> Follow him. I think Joey Russo eighty four is my Instagram. Joey Russo eighty four. Check out the gripes. Check out the voicemails. Check out all those amazing pictures he has on there. Check out Small Shots Amazon Prime. Small Shots. Small Amazon Shots Prime. Amazon Prime. And the Fifth Borough on um, Video on Demand. Video on Demand. Yeah. Yes. Um, Day. Watch this stuff. Watch the Jersey Boys movie over and over again so you can watch Joey Russo just do what he does best. Um, But you guys are uh, making me blush, like I said, so thank you so much for that. And uh, check us out, Silhouettes JB Podcast underscore on Instagram. Check us out on Facebook, Silhouettes JB Podcast. Listen to us wherever you can find podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all with the sun, the stars, and the moon rolled all into one. Okay, I mean, it doesn't get doesn't get any better than this. That's great. I had a great time. All right, and asalu, asalu. <laughs>